Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to The Spike. I can say, actually, now The Spike on Sunday. The Spike on Sunday is even better than I thought it was going to be. It's even more exciting. Nice to be company. Welcome along to the programme that aims to put the world to rights very, very quickly. All the stories that are in the newspapers you will hear between now and seven. All the ones worth hearing about. Uh, The couple who trained their horse to answer the telephone. Can't be in this country, can it, really? Also, the uh, the driving test fraud. The amount of people who are having other people. Some woman's just been jailed. She's been taking it for loads of people. Crooks like that deserve to go to prison. Rolf Harris was out shopping in a, in a sort of one of these DIY-type places. Somebody called him a very rude word. Probably justified, I should imagine. Has uh, Harry popped the question to Meghan? Who cares? Who cares? I mean, seriously, it's not like he's 12, is it? Ross Kemp has vowed to make a TV comeback, despite being axed by Sky. Well, there's something I never knew before. Uh, show chiefs are hoping Koo Stark will appear in I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. What for? Who's interested in anything Koo Stark's got to say? And uh, Mel B, the court battle bombshell. Oh, my God. It's about to get very bad. 128 pages in the latest bit of evidence. Um, the family where mum is dad, dad is mum, and son four is raised as gender neutral. At four years old, gender... I don't really quite understand what that means, but we'll try and find out later on. Uh, also, the new face of Anne Summers is uh, Vicky Patterson. Also, the kidnapped model. A true story. Make out your own mind. I mean, even the police say they're not too sure about aspects of it. And uh, take that Gary Barlow. Goes to war with the developers. He's got a nice uh, house. But uh, he overlooks fields. Well, he does at the moment. They're thinking of putting 54 houses uh, in the field, which can't be much fun, can it? You know, why would you want something like that? You buy a house and he'll have to plant Leylandi or something just to keep out the houses. They'll be going, oh, it's Gary Barlow's house. Because now they've told you the village it's in. I didn't know which which village is in. My uh, producer's on holiday now. Well, he was on holiday from Friday. So so Chris is uh, setting off with his parents, Lynn and Brian. Funny. No, it's not funny, but I mean, it's sort of Lynn and Brian, a sort of set here. I just call them mum and dad. I don't think I ever use my parents' Christian names at all. But they're setting off from South London uh, to Portsmouth to catch the early ferry to Cherbourg. God. I mean, you are early, aren't you? But I'm assuming the ferry probably takes off at about eight o'clock or something. And this is the best time to leave because the roads will be nice and empty. And they're going to drive down the M3, the A3, sorry. Said, hope all was OK at the hospital. I wish it was. I wish it was. Because you remember we had this problem on Thursday. Thursday, I'd been to the optician, my yearly checkup. Actually, I've had two things which have gone wrong over this weekend. But anyway, and, um, and so she did the thing and she said, you know, you've got cataracts in, in one of your eyes. So I said, yes. And she said, you know, that it's getting quite bad. And I realised that when she, you know, they did the thing where they've got this glasses thing that goes in front and then they cover one lens and then the other one. So in one eye, my left eye, I, I could see quite clearly in the right eye, it was cloudy, which is cataracts. And it's a simple operation. And I thought that'll be great. I'll just go into, into uh, Kingston because they've got an eye unit there and I'll just pay whatever it costs. I don't care what it costs. Seriously, I think, you know, you've got to do things like that. It's a, it's a 20 minute operation. It's done under a local anaesthetic. And I think what it means is, and I can only gather this by what people have said to me, they peel off a layer, which is the cloudy layer, and then they put another, another sort of lens in there. That's, that's how it was described to me. Anyway, whatever it was, I thought that'll be fine. So I said, and it's the first time I've actually done, because I got quite frightened. Because, you know, I'm, your eyesight's a little bit valuable. Especially in my job, we've got to read screens and everything else. And, um, and so I got on the bus, tootled to Kingston. Now, I don't know where the hospital is in Kingston, so I got a taxi. 
And the bloke was chatting away about, you know, they're rubbishing this in Kingston, doing all this. Anyway, I gave him a tip the other end, and he, he started to give it back. He said, no, no, have it. I said, no, take it. So anyway, we've had this minor argument about me giving him a tip. Anyway, so I go in. I'm not booked in for an examination or anything else, but I've got my bit of paper from the optician to say, this is what's the matter with his eyes. We need to sort of do a proper test on it. And uh, so I sort of check in and they say, just have a seat there. And within 20 minutes, I've been seen by the first person. So I go and see the first person who sort of does little tests. Can you read this? And half of it I can read and half of it I can't read. And uh, and then we go and do a thing where we're sort of putting drops in and all the rest of it. And uh, that sort of takes up a little bit of time and we do all the bits and pieces. Then I go and rest again. And then the doctor calls me in or whatever they call them now. And um, and he puts eye drops in, which enlarge the pupils. But you've got to wait 25 minutes. So I go and sit back outside. Of course, your eyes are stinging a little bit. It's a bit of a pain. You come back in, you put your chin on this machine and he then looks in with various lenses. Then he puts a lens into your eye and then look, has a look. And so at the very end of it, uh, because the problem I had before is I've got pressure on the back of my eyes. I think it's on the cornea. And I think it's something called like um, a, a thick cornea. I think that's what it's called, a thick cornea. I'm not too sure, actually. And uh, and so I, I tweeted about this on Friday. I tried to make light of it without sort of thinking, oh, God, this is awful. It's, it's not the kind of thing you really want at all. And um, I said, what did I have that try on? Um, da, 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 da. I can't remember what it is I've got, actually. Um, a thick cornea. A thick cornea. And so I've got these... Uh, he then says, you know, we can't, we can't do the cataract. I sort of drop in this thing. I said, you know, um, the, the cataracts. I said... Um, I said, you know, do, do, can I pay? Thinking if, if you pay, it's going to be a lot quicker. Anyway, these drops I've got to use for about... Well, he thought I might have to use them for the rest of my life to take down the pressure. You get a little tiny bottle before you go to bed at night, one drop in each eye, and it makes it a little bit better. However, by the time you get to this stage, I'm sort of, you know, it's, it's clouding a little bit. In fact, I spoke to a friend of mine the other day who's also diabetic, and he said, I can see it's clouding. I said, well, I just want it sorted out. But they can't do it until the pressure has gone down. So I've now toodled off home. And when you walk out of the hospital, it's like somebody's shining a spotlight in your face because it's so bright, because this has enlarged your uh, pupils, this, this eye drop thing. Oh, God, I tell you. It's like you're covering your eyes. You're, I must have looked ridiculous. But anyway, so I managed to get myself back. I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll punt out and I'll take a taxi back to Twickenham. So I took the taxi back to Twickenham and, you know, waiting. It takes about two or three hours for this this uh, brightness to go down. So I'm sitting in the dark, practically, because it hurt. So uh, now we've got to wait. Now we've got to wait. I've got to keep this, this special eye drops in the fridge. I mean, seriously. Honestly, I've got, so half the fridge is taken up with insulin. And then now I've got this little... It's only a little tiny bottle, admittedly. And you know the British. We moan about everything. Oh, this hurts, that hurts, and all the rest of it. So, uh, so I'm, you know, it was, a, it was an exciting Friday, but not the most exciting Friday I've ever had. <laughs> so uh, that's how Friday went, Chris. That's how Friday went. So now I've got to wait for about uh, three or four weeks. They will send me a letter. I'll go back in again. Then they'll see if the pressure's gone down. And if it has, then we can move on to the cataracts. And that, um, surprisingly, that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, I really am looking looking forward to it. So uh, when I was sort of reading yesterday, I was like, we know when you sit in the hospital and you're bored, and there was a really irritating child in there. I mean, rude beyond belief. He looked about nine or ten. He was with his mummy and granny. And... He's got his iPad and they're being called in to see the doctor. Well, he's not following his mother's advice at all. Come on, come along, she said to him. 
And so, as they go in, she tries to take the iPad off him. He's still reading it as he's walking along. He's only, like, like 50 feet to go in to see the, the doctor about his eyes. Anyway, she takes off. He slaps her. And, of course, all the people sitting there went, Oh, my God, what a vile child. I mean, really badly behaved. Very badly behaved. Quite clearly, bad mother, bad child. Because otherwise, you know, they'd be normal and they'd just give it back and go in to see the, the doctor. But he obviously couldn't care less either way. Dreadful child, dreadful. And so that was Friday, which was quite nice. And, and then I thought, oh, wait a minute, I've got to book the car in for an MOT. Runs out on the 24th of this month. And so I then thought, wait a minute, right, 24, I need to book the car in. So I phoned up to book the car in and it's booked in on Wednesday. And then they phoned me back and said, you know that the MOT doesn't run out till September. So I went online to the, um, the, uh, the DVLA gov thing and you type in your car number and it tells you when the MOT is up. And when the tax is up, tax runs till March of next year, so that we don't need to worry about that. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, and the MOT runs out 13th of September. So I could have actually left it a bit longer, but I thought I might as well put it in there. I'm going to go see my godchildren this weekend. They'll give me a higher car. It's never as, never as good as mine, but, you know, it doesn't matter really. And so today I've got to clear the boot of the car, which, of course, is easier said than done, as I am a hoarder. I cannot help it. I buy everything in twos or threes or fours. I just keep going. Uh, Anne says, do you have glaucoma? I might have glaucoma. Oh, glaucoma. I've always called it glaucoma. But anyway, I think I might have. I think I might have. But then that goes along, I think, with sort of, doesn't it go with sort of diabetes and all those other kind of things? Either way, it's a bit of a pain. It really is. And somebody says, coo-hoo. She's only famous for one thing. Uh, why didn't Gaza buy the field? He's probably got more in the bank than the developers and the rest of the village put together. Well, I'm hoping some put aside for tax reasons. You remember, don't you, that Gary Barlow discovered this scheme? Perfectly legal, of course. And uh, I think most people in Take That were sort of investing money in it. And it was one of these sort of legal, put it elsewhere kind of thing. But, um, you know, oh, you're right. Why didn't he buy the field? It's right at the back of his house. He could have, he could have afforded it. And then he could have stopped the developers. But, of course, it's worth more money to the developers. Perhaps he could buy it and then build another house himself. That would be quite nice, wouldn't it? Uh, Michelle Keegan says, Confidence makes you look better. It's front cover of TV life. What a load of old codswallop, dear. Confidence does not make you look good. You know what makes you look good, darling? The hairdressers and the makeup artists. That's what makes you look good. It's got nothing to do with confidence. What a load of old codswallop. You do talk. We're not, we're not expecting actresses especially ones this young, to be intelligent. But confidence does not make you look good, I promise you. It's the makeup artists, the stylists, the clothes and the hair people and everybody else. That's what makes you look good. So don't, don't try and pretend it's confidence because it makes you sound a bit silly. Uh, so Koo Stark. Yes, just going back to Koo Stark. You might not remember if you're... The producer didn't know. Had no idea. But the um, Koo Stark was famous because she went out with Prince Andrew. He'd, he'd been out with some people before and he takes up with Koo Stark. And people go, wait a minute, Koo Stark. Oh, she was in a soft porn film. They used to call them soft porn films, which showed a little bit of, bit of breast. And the film, I think, was called Emily. Anyway, of course, all, all the papers did were just print pictures of her topless. Which, you know, people go, I mean, just ignore it. Not her. Oh, dear, no. We, she sort of kicked off a little bit and, and then it all went pear-shaped. And I think I might be wrong. I thought she went... Bankrupt. Now, I'll, I'll have to get the producer to check that because I can't remember whether Koo Stark went bankrupt. I know that all of a sudden money ran out because I wasn't sure where the money came from. And uh, they, they think... Now, bearing in mind, she's never sold a story on Prince Andrew. 
OK, because people tend not to. And um, so she says here, wait a minute, let's have a quick look. In a London courtroom, last... Oh, this was uh, June 2013... Uh, this is a, a veteran of the bar. So what she did, she was, oh dear, it was, yes, it was, it was all a bit, she was made homeless. She decided to move into the Carlton Tower Hotel in Knightsbridge. She ran up a bill of 32 grand and was served by the hotel lawyer with a bankruptcy petition. She survived cancer. She now lives on housing benefits and with the help of friends. Now, whether or not that's changed since 2013, I do not know. Not remotely interested, actually. But it was all to do with, you know, the thing just all, it collapsed. She's skint, you know, and um, she was with Prince Andrew. And then they were saying she'll, she'll go into I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. So she was made bankrupt over this debt to the hotel, 38 grand. And then she faced more trouble when she was arrested and charged with stealing a painting, cleared a year later and now works as a photographer and photography teacher. Uh, but I suspect she probably needs money to live on. And so they're saying if she goes into I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, she'll spill the beans on Prince Andrew. No, she won't. No, she won't. Of course she won't. Don't be so stupid. The only, listen, if she was going to do that, she'd have sold it to a paper now, wouldn't she? The Mail or something like that would pay money for Ku Stark's story about Prince Andrew. But uh, she wouldn't do that. So if she wouldn't do that now, why would she want to go into the jungle, put herself through the misery of eating all sorts of strange objects? And then, to make it even worse, she would probably get a reduced fee. She could just sit at home, do a little chat with them, and that would be it. So there's no chance that she's going to be spilling the beans on Prince Andrew, whether she goes into the jungle or she doesn't. I feel a bit sorry for her if she's got to go into the jungle. Steve, I have uh, eye drops too, but they're for hay fever. Can never get the drops in my eyes. Oh, I'm fine for doing drops in my eyes, Gary. I don't have any problem with that. don't have any problem with that at all. That, that's the easy bit. That's the easy bit for me. I don't, you know, don't have any problem with that because I've done... You know when you go in to have your eyes tested and they do the puffing air thing and you hold your eye... You've never had it done. All right, OK. Have you never had it done and yet you wear glasses? You, you wear glasses and you've never had your eyes tested like that? All right. Only if you're older. What are you saying? What are you saying? Well, I'm not older than you. What are you saying? Are you getting this idea from? Honestly, there's nothing worse than people who are ageist. You know, a producer sort of going, oh, it's for older people. You think, oh, goodness me. Well, I mean, how much older than you do you think I am? Careful. Yeah, not much, is it? It's quite low, really, isn't it? Probably in single figures, would you not think? Bearing in mind we have two weeks to work together while Chris is swanning across the continent with his parents. It's going to be, I know it's going to be an absolute riot. I'm looking forward to it already. I'm taking de-stress tablets already. I can see by the time we get to Wednesday, I might be on alcohol first thing in the morning. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? I was going to tell you the story of a celebrity this morning who was stopped by the police at 11.30 and she appeared to be over the uh, the drink drive limit. Now, whether or not that's a late night or an early morning drink, I've got no idea. But I decided to save it. Save it for another time. It's terrible, isn't it, really? When you sort of you worry about people who do drink. It's like, you know, the alcoholics you see sitting by the, uh, the side of the road. And, oh, money, mate. I wanted to say to them, why don't you stop drinking? It's going to kill you. It's not good news at all. OK, little uh, little break. Take a little break, shall we? I've got to tell you about a new museum, which I'd never heard of. Never heard of. And uh, and the kidnapped model. We'll have that st- it's a very odd story. I mean, I don't know which bits I believe, which bits I don't believe. I don't think the police are too certain about it. And um, And we will tell you that the housemates, you didn't take my advice and vote Sarah Harding out. You should have done. Uh, instead, you voted out some plank, ex of The Apprentice. It was a failure on that. What a useless bloke he turned out to be. Should have got rid of Sarah Harding. 
Uh, apparently, it turns out she's got a boyfriend on the outside. Kept that pretty quiet. But there again, most things in Sarah Harding's life are kept pretty quiet, except when she's having a meltdown. Uh, also, the uh, Labour and Tory parties in a war over the crack gambling machines. This is such an old story. They were doing this one more than a year ago. Each machine can turn over around about £40,000 a week. That's why they've got at least two or three in betting shops. You know, you're looking at £120,000 a week on the betting machines. But what people don't realise is you're not playing that machine, you're playing the entire country. They're all linked to a central computer. I know this, because I've investigated. But, yeah, about forty grand a week on these computers. And I heard people talking about it. You know, I couldn't care less. If you want to waste your money in a fruit machine, which I did when I was younger... But I grew up. Now I wouldn't. I might put, you know, if I was thinking about it, once a year, 20 quid in a machine. If I lose, I'm out. If I win, I'm still out. It's as simple as that. But I know some people, that they'll, they'll bung 500 in and then another 500 because they now take credit cards. They now take credit cards. And that means that you can carry on gambling, you know, to the point of it's ridiculous. So people think, I've lost 500. Don't want to see somebody else winning it. I'll put another 500 in, by which case now you need to win 1,000. And it doesn't work like that. It's a machine. It's a computer. You're playing a computer. So you might lose 500 here. Up in Warrington or something, they might win £1,000. And that'll be taken from the whole country. But they turn over these machines. They're designed to take money. They're not designed to give you money. That's, that's, that's rubbish. They're designed to make money. You know, the, go to Vegas. You really want to see what addiction looks like? Go to Vegas. Little old ladies on oxygen. <laughs> Sitting in front of machines all night, pumping in dollars and credit. Oh, dear God. You know, I don't mind doing it for a little bit, but I always do the cheap machines. You know, the ones that cost 10 cents or something. I'm not going to start putting dollar bills into machines. I'm far too sensible. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Sunday, whether you're driving to Cherbourg or not. I don't know how long it takes. Well, you can't, sorry, you don't drive to Cherbourg, do you? You'd be driving down to... I wonder where you go to from here. Where? Where is... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'll have to keep finding this. So, oh, Portsmouth. That's nice. Portsmouth is nice. So just have me a quick check. Portsmouth and... Uh, oh, so... Oh, right. You, you could actually drive. You, you, you could sort of drive... Then you go across, couldn't you? Uh, via Calais. And then you take... It is a long way, actually. It's 390 miles. You don't want to do that, do you? It's much, it's much quicker to do uh, the, the early morning fast ferry to Cherbourg. Isn't that lovely? We used to... I mean, I, I, I can sympathise with that in a sort of strange way, but I think you get there early, you get on the ship early, which is fantastic, and then you go and have breakfast. And that's how they make their money. That's how they make their money. So, and it's very quick. Portsmouth to, to Cherbourg, it's just literally straight... It's only uh, 93.9 miles... Uh, from Portsmouth to Cherbourg. Wow. Six hours, though. Well, from Portsmouth to, to Cherbourg? Is it really? Is that what it says? Five hours, 51 minutes. Is it 91 miles across it? How wide is this blooming channel? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's, it would be quicker driving, wouldn't it? Unless that is driving. Perhaps, uh, you know, the, there might be a, a chuff-chuff train there. To take you through. It's still a long... It can't be five hours, 51 minutes, for goodness sake. It must only be... Because if, if they're doing the fast ferry... I should imagine Lynn and Brian have sat down there, you know, with the, with the map. You could do it in three hours. There you go. I thought it was... I thought it was that. So, Portsmouth to Cherbourg in three hours. That's quite... That's enough time for a nice lazy breakfast, isn't it? Hope the weather's good. I could eat a breakfast now, actually. But I'm trying not... I shall eat a breakfast a little bit later on. 
So anyway, so I booked the car in for the uh, for the MOT and a service because what what they, what they do in in my garage is they give you a ring about a week before to say, well, you, you know, you're, you're due a service. So you get the service done, then you go and get the MOT done. So it could be in there for sort of three or four days, depending on how, how busy people get. Uh, uh, save money when you buy abroad. Shop a Holics. That's a little play on the holiday kind of thing. So it's cheaper to go and buy stuff abroad. How many people, though, go abroad and buy stuff? I mean, is there anything that you really need that you go, oh, we must go to France. Years ago, it was let's go to France and pick up cheap wine. Let's go and fill up the boot of the car with you know, cigarettes or everything else. You know, if you if you need cigarettes, if you don't need cigarettes, no point. And they have all these warehouses over there which sort of stock up for the Brits. You know, the Brits like I got a letter the other day from somebody. It was so funny. You could it was written in spidery writing. So, you know, it's somebody fairly, fairly ancient who claims that they went to Magaluf and it was full of Cockney voices. I don't think so. I don't think so. They don't welcome the elderly in Magaluf. It's not for you. And it's just slightly peculiar. And uh, then the, um, the the kidnapped model. That is a very odd story. I mean, no matter which way I read it and which way I try to understand it, she seems to have recovered remarkably to do a, a feature in the uh, Mail, who bought the thing today. And here is a picture of her. She's a totally unknown model. Totally unknown. Why she would be kidnapped... Uh, auctioned as a sex slave, but unfortunately nobody bid for her, so that's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Drugged and terrorised. And this is the first account of the bizarre abduction everybody's talking about. Yeah, because people are a bit sceptical about this one. Even the police are slightly sceptical. What they may have paid, I've got no idea, but obviously her agents negotiated some fee for this. It's just peculiar. Whichever way you look at the story, it's slightly odd. I'm sort of... I was trying to get my head around it. And she's come back and now she's posing, and she's available for after-dinner speeches... It's like, you know, you sort of begin to wonder, don't you? Uh, also, um, what was the other story I quite liked, actually? Oh, uh, 17 army instructors charged with brutal attacks on teen troops. Uh, war veterans vehemently deny claims they pushed recruits' heads underwater. Do you know, I'll tell you, when you see some of these um, these documentaries on the television where they're actually... Uh, sort of, you know, not abusing, but it borders on abuse, doesn't it, with these sort of... Pu- I suppose the idea is it toughens you up. It didn't work for Prince Edward, did it? My God, he was out the out straight away. He only lasted a short uh, short space of time. Uh, also, the paper today, the uh, the troubling questions uh, of this uh, this model, and then he flashed two knives saying, I'm an assassin for Black Death. I'd like to see his story, because he actually claims he's got leukaemia, and uh, why did she fall for the fake studio? All this kind of- and also, the big question which I asked is, if you wanted somebody to be sold as a sex slave, why would you come to somebody in England? You know, I'm sorry, don't they have them in Italy? Of course they do. They've got loads of people in Italy. There must be loads of people who would sort of, would sort of pay to be part of this kind of thing. Why would you book a model that nobody's ever heard of from this country to go over there? I just, that's the bit that, that sort of, you know... If I was in Vegas and I was looking for, you know, a model, the last thing I'd be doing is contacting somebody in England. Somebody I've never even heard of. What do they do? So they look at... I mean, do, do they sort of find something on the internet? You know, we have page three stunners or something. I don't know. I'm just curious as to why you'd pick somebody who's not even known. Not even known. Uh, also, the other story was oh Taylor Swift. You know she's um, she's she's won a Swift rebuttal on this one. The play is on the word rebuttal. Uh, the DJ who said she had him sacked. No, she didn't. That was the thing. Uh, she claimed that he'd put his hand up her skirt, 
And, um, and so he then countersued her for him losing his job. And uh, the judge has thrown it out, so he's not a very happy person at the moment. They 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 just go to um, they go to no end of the of the earth, don't they? They go to court and all the rest of it. And also, I've now discovered, I've discovered how Strictly Come Dancing works. The person they're going to put on there is somebody who they will put up on television on various programs, and you start thinking, why have they crept out of the woodwork? And then the next thing is they put them on. So when the Reverend Richard Coles. Signed up for the uh, the new series. He was part of the Communards, of course, with Jimmy Somerville. I suddenly remembered, wait a minute, nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows who he is. He, he was so ancient years ago. But then I remember thinking about four weeks ago, he started popping up on programmes. And started, you know, oh, I'm late for the news. But he started popping up and then blow me down. The next thing is they're, 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 they're putting him into Strictly's. And you think, it was boring years ago. He hasn't improved much, but that's what they do. They, they make you aware. So when you see him going in, you go, oh, yeah, I know who he is. Four weeks ago, you never did. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to uh, six. So over in Big Brother, when we find a day where Sarah Harding isn't having a sobbing, look at me, look at me. In fact, somebody was saying the other day about her. Uh, I think it was Barry from EastEnders, Sean. And he said... Um, he said, she's halfway to 70. I mean, why is she behaving like a three-year-old? And she is. She has tantrums. Her language is disgusting. I mean, seriously disgusting. You know, I've never anything like it. She seems to think that she's some big celebrity as opposed to some failed old has-been. Anyway, now Trisha has quit the programme, which is the best thing for her. This is the overweight stripper from America who apparently has got millions of people. She's got 80 people working for her. She's got... It's the delusional type. It's the delusional type. After we got rid of Carthic... Who was uh, who was the failure on? Uh, he was on The Apprentice. He was blooming useless. He was one of those delusional people who you feel like saying, "I'm sorry, have you looked in the mirror recently? You're a failure." He didn't know anything, and that's why they kicked him out. He was useless. And luckily, in Big Brother, he's the second person to be kicked out because the public have obviously gone, "You're a fraud. Get out. You don't know anything. You're absolutely useless." You know, if you're talentless, at least admit it. At least have the decency to say, I'm terribly sorry, you know, I'm not very good. It's like Richard Coles signing up for the new series. You know, all of a sudden you're going to be bored witless with Richard Coles. He's talking, because he, he lives with another vicar, but they don't do sex. OK, so that's good news. But he has actually tried all sorts of programmes. He's been on panel shows, he's been on Bake Up, been on everything. He's obviously another one of these desperados where they sort of, they desperately want some sort of attention. Garthic. Wanted loads of attention. Sarah Harding, I mean, a bigger waste of space. You'd be hard pushed to find in the house. I mean, talk about delusional. Why you can't just go in there, like some people do, and have a really nice time, eat the food, chat away to people, all the rest of it, and then you end up with somebody as needy as her. She needs to get into rehab very quickly. Very quickly, because I can bet your bottom dollar by the time she comes out, she's going to be back on booze again. Because she appears not to have any friends. And if you've got no friends to help you, and of course she... <laughs> She lives by herself. She told us that the other day. I live by myself, so I'm not used to being with people. I'm sorry, have you ever seen Big Brother before? What is it? I mean, are you just... Is there something matter? Have you got screws missing? What's going on? It's a programme about people living in a house. In a house. The Big Brother house. You're in there with loads of other people. Could be ten... I don't even know how many people are in there. Don't really care, actually. Really don't care. Really don't care. But uh, whatever it is, you know, a waste of space and a little bit naff, I think. But uh, we got rid of Carthic, a delusional old has-been. Embarrassing, is it? Peter in Boreham Woods, so now you've got ocular hypertension. He says, keep using the Lutton Prost in each eye to lower pressure so the optic nerve will not get damaged. Welcome to the club. 
And Rick says, I was told a year ago I had small cataracts and I put off the optician trip. You've pricked my conscience. I'll get an appointment tomorrow. You must. You must, you must, you must, you must. Um, and, uh, you know, and then, you know, people can sort of check it all out for you. I mean, I've, I've lost track of how many drops I've had put in my eyes and how many... At one point, he said, can you just open your eye? And then he put this thing into my eye, which looked like a sort of spyglass, so he could then look. And he said, look at my if, look at my left ear, OK, and look at my right ear, and blah, 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 look down, look up, all this kind of stuff. And it was about two and a half hours, but well worth it. I thought they were brilliant. Up at Kingston, brilliant. I'm just hoping that after we've sort of, you know, lowered the pressure to the optic nerve, then uh, then we can get the... Uh, the uh, the cataracts done, which would be nice. Uh, it was a lot of people have written to me saying Trisha has quit Big Brother. Who cares? Who cares? This is some some woman who's apparently a stripper in America. A stripper who gives a flying forex, ladies and gentlemen, about some ghastly old baggage who sits on there dictating about how clever she is. Must make Sarah Harding feel very insecure. Uh, Steve, a wonderful man named Jeff Nunn, who is seventy, will be doing a three day sponsored bike ride to Paris. Good lord! I know people who cycle a lot. I know people who cycle a lot. He's setting off at 08.15 this morning to raise money for our charity. So say hello, Ray. That's the ChrisDonovanTrust.org. So uh, good luck, Ray. And uh, so wait a minute, say hello, Ray. I thought he was called Jeff. Oh, sorry, that was Ripley, say hello. It's from Ray. <laughs> I tell you, I give up sometimes. Honestly, I can't even read. There's no, there's no punctuation on anything nowadays, is there? Uh, Steve, I'm currently pre-diabetic and I'm working hard to reverse the condition or certainly to stop it developing further. Like you, I've had the eye test and found that everything had been green, was red and browns were green. Quite unsettling. Fortunately, no eye damage, but they told me to get my carbohydrates intake and my blood glucose down from double figures into singles. So my former nightly G&T is now twice weekly and my daily wine consumption is down to a third of a bottle of wine. The optometrist described alcohol as sugar in a bottle, says he. Oh, I can imagine so. Absolutely. Definitely sugar in a bottle. Definitely. That's why I don't do wine. So I do Prosecco, which is probably even worse, I should imagine. <laughs> probably even worse. But uh, no, we just want to get it sorted out. I don't like messing around with things like that. Especially not your eyesight. Especially not your eyesight. Thank you very much indeed. Um, the jogging banker, wrongly blamed over the bus attack, now gets bodyguards. This is the bloke. They said, oh, right, the police are going to be questioning him. So they bring him in. He goes, I was in America. How is this possible? So they know where... I cannot believe that with all the pictures in the paper, nobody's identified this bloke. I seriously can't believe it. Also, a lovely picture of how they, they, they've tried to smarten up uh, uh, Colleen. Ha, <laughs> Rooney, Chief Chavez. So what they've done, they, they've sort of put it... Can you do your legs sideways, Dan? Let's try and give you a bit of class. And um, so an £82 million fortune, homes around the world, designer clothes galore, but bored witless. And as I say, they're both chavs. Uh, she says, I wish Wayne would put the bins out. But uh, I know, wish you could keep them away from those old women. That'd be easy, wouldn't it? So what they've done is they've sort of tied all her hair back. Of course, she doesn't look like this at all, ever, until she's made up uh, by the people. Slightly disturbed about the L drivers using motorways to be lifted. So we now have to, we'll have to contend with that. Driving down the motorway, all of a sudden somebody, indicate move. Indicate move. No, you have to check in a mirror. mirror. Du- have to be dual control car. So in other words, you're now going to have somebody indicate move. The dual control car will break and all of a sudden there'll be a multiple pile-up on the motorways. Don't you see? I see no end of problems for this one. That's the only thing they never teach you to do, do they? You, you take your driving test, they go, yeah, you passed. The next minute you can drive down the motorway. Have you seen them before? Oh, my God, fathers, it's like carnage. You know, and they've gone, oh, no, it'll be fine. You think, so, so somebody will be dual controlling that car. That's only on brake. 
That's only brake, isn't it? They could be stalling in the middle of a motorway as cars whiz past at 70 miles an hour. No thank you. No thank you. Um, lovely bun here. £100,000 or more for 30,000 NHS hospital doctors. I think doctors are worth every penny. Every single penny. I think so. You know, that's, that's you know, I think they just do brilliant, brilliant jobs. Uh, also, what else do we have here? The male stars of a back-to-nature reality show. I'm so bored witless with reality shows I mean there's nothing it's just where you drag out life's losers look at Big Brother losers most of them are losers and then somebody goes I don't want to be here anymore well what would you go in in the first place for then have you ever seen it no of course not but they all live in this cloud cuckoo land it's all it's all a little bit disturbing uh, look out Diana star who grilled Corbin ally presents Newsnight uh, Nick Ferrari will front the flagship current affairs programme twice this week. Wow. Good Lord, they're all doing it. I want to do it. I want to do Newsnight. Hello. Kerry Katona, who's a special guest today. But um, Nick is... He started his career in news and show business while working on live TV. Redevised topless darts. He was not available for comment last night. A BBC spokesman said it's quite normal to have a mix of people presenting the programme over the summer. Of course it is. Of course it is. He's experienced enough. Good heavens above, honestly. I mean, you could put loads of people from this station onto uh, onto that programme. I'm not one of them, incidentally. I hasten to add, I'm I'm uh, I'm showbiz. I'm entertainment boy. I don't do anything like that. I listen in admiration to these people, but it's not not for me at all. Uh, this is body shaming teenage ordeal by Chloe Kardashian. Don't you just wish the Kardashians would would disappear and cute, cute little fox cubs? No, they're killers. So why is the RSPB so keen to protect foxes who wreak havoc on wild birds? Ian Botham gives the bird charity both barrels. They're not cute. They kill things. They kill things. But, you know, that's the way it goes, isn't it, nowadays? I've discovered we're, we're just a moaning old Mary country. God in heaven. It's awful. Somebody said, told me a lovely joke the other day about Wayne Rooney. They said Wayne Rooney was looking at the number 10 the other day, or as he calls it, a stick and a hoop. <laughs> He's not known as being intelligent, is he? Not known as being intelligent. Uh, the wife's threat to Amir Khan. This is his uh, estranged wife threatened to destroy him as their marriage collapsed. Well, he obviously plays around. He exhibits himself on the internet, which we know. And uh, he obviously just sort of goes for that sort of type of person. He was with somebody the other day, wasn't he? But um, uh, friends of the star have revealed he was desperate to leave Farrell two years ago. But they said she'd vowed to ruin Muslim Amir. What's that got to do with it? It's got nothing to do with the fact whether he's Muslim or not. Judging by his track record and exposing himself on the internet, thank you very much indeed. That's, that's normal behaviour, is it? It is in their family. Uh, also, um, Anthea's Randy X has been dumped. This is poor old Grant Bovey. What a sad state of affairs Grant Bovey is, honestly. A man only protected by his own delusions. But um, he was on uh, Big Brother. He wasn't very pleasant on it and he wasn't very good, actually. He's obviously just capitalising on the fact he went out with, uh, with Anthea Turner. Uh, I've got enough dirt to bury you. This is Amir's bitter split, and I'm sure she will. His parents, of course, never liked her because she wasn't Muslim enough. And, of course, Amir's a very, very good Muslim. Doesn't appear to be, does it, really? Uh, also exclusive, a page three girl's fury at Swinger PC. And it's some pa- she was obviously a page three girl years and years ago. Trace C. She's been filmed in the nude. What's a page three girl? I'm assuming that's part of, part of the course. Pervert left me terrified. Naked sunbathing swoop. But it must have been years ago, because I don't think I've ever heard of her. And I generally like to find out whether or not I have heard of uh, certain people. I haven't. 
Uh, also, learner drivers to take the motorways, which is in every paper. I don't like this idea. I don't care what anybody says. The idea you can have learner drivers on the motorways, I mean, it's bad enough trying to spot all sorts of other things on there. Tesco's fee for bags of help. Tesco, de- Tesco deducted more than £3 million in costs from their plastic bag scheme for good causes. Wow. The store has revealed £3.35 million was needed to run its Bags of Help project. Yes, I'd love to know, can we find out from all of the supermarkets, ladies and gentlemen, how much money they've given for these charging us for plastic bags? Do you think they know? Or do you think it's just it's a little, all a bit of a pretend thing, isn't it, really? Because uh, I'm not too sure about it. I'm really not. Who's that a picture of? Robert Patterson. Lovely. Uh, also... Uh, two people who are sort of, uh, I don't know, models. They work for Victoria's Secret, so for that read, they're sort of just bimbos, but they've made it try and sound a little bit better, but it isn't really. Uh, Also, after it emerged that Gavin Rossdale has been dropped from The Voice, uh, Danny Jones, the favourite to step in. I think so. We like him. He's very pleasant. Can we have him, please? Harry Styles uh, apparently is uh, one of a number of artists that Simon Cowell is lining up to perform on The X Factor. I'm sorry, it wouldn't wouldn't change my opinion of, of watching The X Factor just because he was going to be singing. Um, also here... Um, what was this one here? Oh, this is very odd. This is the reality show, Don't Tell the Bride, has been caught in a faking scandal after it emerged that couples don't actually marry on the programme. Um, they give... £14,000 to plan the big day, but a couple appearing soon said the ceremonies are not legally binding. Each pair are told they will need a separate official wedding later. Oh, who cares? Who cares? How much do they make? Supermarkets raise almost £23 million through carrier bag charges. That was a year ago, was it? £23 million. I bought two the other day, just for the hell of it. I bought two, two carrier bags. I love it. Here she is. It's Amber Davis. Amber is 20. Unfortunately, they've gone... I'm sorry, darling. OK, so you won... The um, the ITV show, the, the island thing, that, you know, it was a load of old bimbos and himbos. Uh, can we get you in your underwear? Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. So she has, obviously, a career going nowhere, I'm afraid, going straight down the old swanny. But uh, they say she can make a million pounds this year. Riveting. Small wonder that's the most oversubscribed show, isn't it? People Years ago, people wanted to be on television to prove how intelligent they were. This time, they just want to prove how quickly it is before they have sex with somebody they don't even know. That's what the programme's about. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a very nice of your company. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, steve, motorway. Why do you not have a motorway test after you've passed? I don't know. They, it, it's never been included. You just literally, you pass your driving test, then you can go out onto the motorway. It's as simple as that. I mean, if, I mean to be honest with you, I think there should be a separate motorway test. Most people haven't got the faintest idea how to drive on a motorway. And you're, you're there with cars whizzing past you at 70 miles an hour and more, most of the time. Depends if the police are chasing them or not. And um, and you're expected to, right, we need to, oh, my God, I need to get into the middle. middle oh, they're going too fast. I can't get there. It's going to be carnage, I promise you. Dudley Council has declared a war on weeds. So far, the weeds appear to be holding out, says Kevin. War on weeds. Look, there's a lovely picture, talking of that, lovely picture of Melanie Sykes on a beach with a photographer taking a picture of her. What is it about this exhibitionist that really gets my goat? I mean, she's apparently 97 or something now, 47. But uh, it's just dreary. What is it about people? Just stay at home, dear. Go and get a job. Stop messing around and being very silly. Uh, Where is it? I'm loathe to bring you this on a Sunday morning. I feel a bit guilty, really. Sex under a waterfall is the top fantasy for women who love doing it outdoors. 
don't know if you've ever been to Twickenham, we don't actually have any waterfalls, so there's a lot of people walking about looking very miserable. Apparently in the public lounge of a hotel, it's very popular. What? In an alleyway. Well, I mean, I suspect that's, that's most of the hookers in London. Uh, in a museum. In a museum. In a sauna. On a pier. In a lift. In a restaurant toilet. On a balcony. And then number one, under a waterfall. Why don't you just stay in? Would that not make it easier? I don't know, they make such a big deal about it, don't they? The new face of Anne Summers. My God, they've airbrushed you within an inch of your life. Vicky Patterson, I banned my fiancé from strippers. I mean, really, is that the best you can get, love? I mean, it's, it's a bit tragic, isn't it, really? But there you go, I'm sure you must be delighted. If only she looked like this. It's so airbrushed. So, 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 so airbrushed. So, in other words, you've got no idea what she really looks like. What do my stars say today? Mystic Meg, who isn't Mystic Meg, because she must be about 85 by now. So this is another pretend one, because uh, Mystic Meg was made up. She used to be a secretary. Uh, Venus is the part of your chart that deals with fame, fortune and fun, and love could bring all of these things into your life. Whoopee! I think that's going to be today. Fame, fortune and fun. God. No, none of that here at all, I'm afraid. Either the fame, the fortune or the fun. Ridiculous. It says that uh, you have a new confidence in who you are. Who am I? Who am I? I've got a new confidence in who I am and what you can achieve. Not bigger figures, surely. I mean, how is this possible? It says you must be the wise one in the family in matters of cash. Well, that is true, actually. I am the wise one in matters of cash. Even though the, the, this month could be a very, very expensive month. If I end up getting the cataracts done, I've got the VAT to pay, I've got the car service and the MOT. <laughs> I think I shall have to find another source of income, actually. Uh, Nanny's explosive statement. Mel B's ex-nanny has revealed the full extent of her bizarre relationship with the star and her husband. Uh, in bombshell court papers, she said the, um, the ex-Spice Girl acted as cameraman for threesome sex movies. I'm going to be queasy and a bit ill. And here's Paul Rowe. Oh, it's the best picture I've ever seen. Keith Lemon's night out in Los Angeles when Spencer Pratt, whoever he is, um, apparently gripped him in a vicious wrestling chair. It made poor old uh, unfunny Keith Lemon, alias Keith uh, Lee Francis, still unfunny, uh, seemed citric and tired of his antics. Yes, made you look silly, didn't it, really? But there you go. That's what happens when you sort of go out and uh, not known over there. Mel held camera for threesomes. I don't want the footage to come out. It will. You can tell it will, won't you? If it really exists, it will. Uh, Danny Dyer, EastEnders star's wife, says marriage is back on, but she won't be doing his washing. Honestly, so weak, aren't you, dear? So you'll, you'll, you'll put up with the fling and all the other bits and pieces. Uh, the family where mum is dad, dad is mum, and son is being raised as gender neutral. That just confuse people nowadays. I mean, you know, aren't children just... Oh, the stranger, the person who's in favour of this is Anne Diamond, out of all the, the people. Against it is Rhea Cooper, the UK's longest transgender patient at 15. Oh, that was the one who was in the paper the other day, who was transing and then decided to go back and now wants to go back again, so it's very indecisive. Uh, the model agent on abductor's ransom demands. This is the, uh, the story that people are talking about it, but not in a good way. And Charles Bronson's fiance prepares for jail wedding. This will be about wedding number four, won't it, really? Another one of these peculiar people. We saw her being interviewed on television. They completely annihilated her. She's a soap actress. Well, she was years and years ago. At the moment, she's nobody. Her name's Paula Williamson. She's getting ready to marry Charles Bronson. She's 36, but looks a lot older than that. And uh, he spent 38 of his 43 years in jail. 
in solitary confinement. I mean, nobody's interested in him. He's just a silly little attention seeker who keeps changing his name. I think he's now changed his name to Charles Salvador. It, it was never Bronson. That's not his real name either. That was another made-up one. And uh, Paula had a very minor role in Weatherfield Hospital Nurse in three episodes of Coronation Street. She played a stripper in Emmerdale and a doctor in Hollyoaks. In other words, she's nobody. Nobody. This is the only bit of fame this poor creature has ever had. It's all a bit disappointing, really. Uh, the generation of women who are keeping up with the Kardashians. Can't imagine why. You must have very shallow lives. You know, you, have to, you, you watch some peculiar family on the television. They go, I want to be like the Kardashians. I've never seen anybody on the television thinking, oh, I'd like to be like them. I'd like to be thinner. I'd like to have sort of a washboard stomach. I'd like sort of people to be a surprise, you know, if you take, take your shirt off. And they go, wow, you've got a good body, but that's never going to happen. So there's no point, is there? Uh, more of your texts and emails in a moment. 84850, Steve at uk. Uh, TV talk today. They say Gemma Atkinson. You don't know who she is. You've, got, you've, you've probably heard the name, but you wouldn't know who she was at all. Uh, she was in Emmerdale. And, uh, and and that's about as far as it goes. I don't think she's done anything else, but she's going into Strictly. Together with somebody by um, who's in Holby, never heard of, and um, and Ruth Langsford. So you'll have to put up with Eamon Holmes on the television. Get a wide screen, it'll be easier. Scarlett Moffat is taking her first leap into solo presenting with a reboot of the dating show Streetmate. Uh, who better to take control of it than Davina McCall, the original host of the programme, Put it away, I wouldn't be watching it with Scarlett Moffat any time soon. I don't think she's great. I think she's a bit of a one-trick pony. And uh, if they, they've already filmed most of it, I think. Already filmed most of it. And uh, it's lovely. What have we got here? Jungle gave Towie's Arge a lot more zip. This is James Argent, the talentless one, uh, who uh, he said uh, that zip lining in the Thai jungle... Uh, helped him to beat his demons. They're all peculiar, these people, aren't they? Beat his... What demons would that be, dear? Would that be the ones for the little problem? Uh, Arge, still only 29. I think they go backwards after a while. Told of his second spell in rehab after his pals urged him to get away from Essex. Just get away from the country, dear. In fact, um, America, that'd be quite nice. He shocked fans with his uh, dramatic weight loss. <laughs> Apparently the same place used by Pete Doherty. I keep that bit quiet. Arge says, I've been ziplining through the Thai jungle. My life was in a pretty bad way. Oh, grow up, for God's sake. Nothing worse than pitiful me. Oh, my life was in a really bad way. I took drugs. I couldn't find a girlfriend. I, I don't really have a career. I'm just a complete idiot. And we're supposed to go, oh, all right. No, not me, I'm afraid. Not me. Not me. Oh, we found a piece of cake that's lasted well from 1911. It's a piece of fruitcake, because fruitcake lasts a long time. This was taken to the Antarctic by uh, Captain Robert Scott's doomed exhibition in 1911. It could still be edible. It was found as conservationists searched through rusty tins left at a hut in Cape Adair, still wrapped in its paper. It was made by Huntley and Palmers. Uh, Lizzie Meek of the Antarctic Heritage Trust says it looked and smelled edible. She said it's the ideal high-energy food because it's got fruit in it. And fruit apparently lasts a long while. Do you know you're not supposed to give fruit to dogs? Did you know that? I didn't know that. Apparently it can be fatal for them, dried fruit. There was a whole list of things the other day uh, not to give dogs. And I thought, blimey, I wonder how many people who've got dogs know that. It can make dogs very, very ill. But uh, cake lasts a long time. It's like Christmas puddings. Because they've got booze in, they last a long while. And fruit cake, you know, if you had a bit of brandy in or something, that'll last for ages. Provided it's been sealed and the air's not got in. 
Could be nice, couldn't it? Anyway, we've got the uh, the news at six coming up. If you just joined us, nice to have your company. Welcome to Sunday morning, it's LBC. John Stapleton's going to be with you for breakfast at seven o'clock this morning. In the meantime, it's me. It's Steve Allen with you. Uh, Labour and Tories in war over the crack gaming machines. Uh, the Strictly Pay, a sore point. Another dreary story from somebody who's not on the programme anymore, thank God. Uh, Gary Barlow's going to war with the developers in the fields at the back of his house, which you thought he would have bought, wouldn't you? They're going to put 54 houses up on it. He's not happy at all. Uh, the housemates who claim that Sarah Harding has a boyfriend. Oh, she's, listen, I couldn't care less of it. She's 35 years old, behaving like a complete idiot. Ross Kemp has vowed to make a TV comeback. Good. Has Harry popped the question to Megan? And uh, the show chiefs want Koo Stark and I'm a celebrity. Ugh. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Sunday. Welcome to the 13th of August. Yeah. No, not really yeah, is it? Because the weather's been terrible. It's been all a bit miserable. I was out there this morning watering and doing my usual sort of bits and pieces. But I think I'm, I'm on a hiding to nothing because the early mornings are a bit chilly. And if it's chilly down in London, believe you me, up in Scotland, I should imagine it must be even even colder first thing in the morning. And it is. I mean, it really has got quite quite cold out there. And it's a bit autumnal because once once we go into September, you know, then we start because after September comes October, then it's November, then it's Christmas. It's the bit I like looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Christmas this year. I told you the, a short while ago they've already started working out the Christmas rotors, which, you know, you sort of think to yourself, isn't it a bit early? And then you think, actually, if you think about it, no, it's not. It's not at all. But uh, hopefully by the time we get to Christmas, may I might have uh, improved my my eyesight considerably so we'll uh, we'll keep you up to date with uh, with that because loads of you have also had this this same problem with sort of cataracts and high high blood pressure as well uh, the people this morning megan royal seal of approval i don't know how they know this they, they they're assuming that uh, harry's girl will fit right in says zara's hubby mike what do you know about anything that's the failure from the reality shows poor soul uh, also billionaire chelsea owner why can't they just say roman abramovich or Abramovich. Why did they have to say billionaire? Is that sort of, you know, does that attract the wrong people to him? Uh, they've split, he and his wife, as you know. Uh, also, singer and Man United fan Ollie Mers apologised after footage has emerged of him swearing at fellow supporters in Madrid. Once a chav, always a chav. It's never going to change, is it? Holidaymakers dodging Luton Airport parking fees by leaving their cars on nearby streets return to find their vehicles vandalised. Just shows you what a rubbish lot of people there are living on these streets if they're prepared to vandalise somebody's car. How do they know who these cars belong to? It might be people visiting other people, but they went round, smashed windows, daubed signs. I tell you, I mean, luckily my car's equipped with cameras and everything else, so uh, I'd be prosecuting left, right and centre. Who are this pond life up in Lou? Don't park on our estates. Ugh, ghastly people. Uh, Mike backs Harry's girl to do well in the firm. What would he know about it? He's just a former rugby player who has to enter reality shows and has dribbles. He's useless at any of them. I don't think he won anything at all. Meghan suits the royals nicely. Does she really? Does she really? But uh, apparently, you know, it'll be interesting, won't it? It's nerve-wracking, but I'm sure she'll get through. Who's interested in what Mike Tyndall's got to say about anything? Nobody. Uh, Ex-Soap star Leah Bracknell has told fans her cancer treatment has stopped working. Uh, she was given a terminal diagnosis last October. She said she's determined to fight on, so we wish her the very best with that. It's never, it's never nice with sort of a death sentence hanging over you. People deal with it in different ways. When, you know, people are told that they're terminal, 
I mean, me, I don't know what I do. I've got, I've got no idea. But uh, it's, it's something that some people get through and some people don't. And it's, it's difficult. Perhaps she feels better talking about it. Perhaps that's the, perhaps that's the good thing that, uh, that she's got because people are, people are listening to her. And also, we remember her from Emma Dale. Uh, a lot of people talk... Vince Cable say sorry is the hardest word. But um, he says here, Labour has now done a U-turn on it, promised to write off student debt. So, Jeremy, John, Diane, sorry is the word. I told you they were never going to write off student debt. It was, a, it was a little bit of a con, wasn't it, from old Corbyn to try and make sure that they got the student vote. Students go, oh, that's great, we don't have to pay for it. Yeah, right. No mention of where the money's coming from. Diane Abbott, she just sits there and she just mouths rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Perhaps she's still not a well person. She can't condemn anything in Venezuela. I'm beginning to wonder which planet she's on. Perhaps her own little planet. You remember, of course, when she was so anti-private schools, fee-paying schools years ago, until her son phoned up LBC on a phone-in programme and said, I go to a fee-paying school. Who are you? says the presenter. I'm Diane Abbott's son, he said. <laughs> God, honestly, what a hypocrite. What a hypocrite. Uh, the speed ban boss. I, get, I, mean, I see people speeding every day. I've never seen something like it. And this is uh, somebody called Jason Rowan. He claims that he'll have to sack 62 people if he gets banned for speeding. His firm was slammed by the watchdog show in June. He told magistrates he'd have to close two offices if he's forced off the road. Why don't you just get a driver, dear? Why, I mean, why is that complicated? He was caught doing 57 miles an hour uh, in his Bentley in a 40-mile-an-hour zone. He told uh, a judge in Nottingham his double-glazing and insulation firm lost customers after the BBC Consumer Show filmed one of his salesmen pressurising a woman with dementia. Yeah, we never had very high opinions of double-glazing salesmen. He was forced to cut his 300 workforce to 120. And accountants have told him if he's banned, he'll need to close offices. Well, they, well tough, isn't it? Why should this be our problem? You know, it was 40, you're doing 57, and you're driving a Bentley. If you can drive a Bentley, you can get a driver as well. When asked by the prosecutor why he couldn't employ a driver, Rowan said, the hours I work are absurd. I would need three people, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. God, what a load of old toffee these people come up with. Well, get three drivers then. You can obviously afford it if you're driving a Bentley, but obviously you can't. So people are going to lose their, their jobs. Well, there you go. More fool you for working for him in the first place. Terrible, isn't it, really? Uh, separate motorway test afterwards. Stupid. Not everybody's suited to motorway. It's one word, incidentally. I passed my test. Never been on a motorway. Avoid it. Many people like me. You managed to drive around the country without actually being on a motorway. Says, have passed tests, never been on motorway. Why should an instructor take someone there? It's too fast. Do it after passing. What, are you mad or something? Your medication. You've never actually been on a motorway. <laughs> Must take you forever to get round the blooming country. How many motorways have we got? Loads of... Well, perhaps they don't travel. Perhaps they shouldn't really be driving in the first place. They sound like a nightmare. And then, there's a motorway down to Cornwall, isn't there? Well, not once you're there, but who cares? Once you're in Cornwall, nobody drives, do they? It's all horse-drawn vehicles. People in caravans doing the country lanes. Uh, Andy's ex is ITV Target. This is uh, Prince Andrew's former flame from about 300 years ago. Tip to appear in I'm a Celebrity. The ex-actress, my God, that was years ago as well. Uh, she was with him for 18 months and has always been protective of her privacy. God, blimey. Yeah, she's slightly odd. Sources say the bosses, they can lure, hoping to lure her to the jungle, where she would finally spill the beans. She won't be spilling any beans at all. I'll tell you that for a fact now. I would put odds on money that Coostart wouldn't be saying anything about Prince Andrew. I promise you. Why wouldn't she? 
Well, sorry, why would she? If she was going to do it, she could do it with a newspaper now. If she went to a newspaper, an agent would go, I can get you 150,000, 200,000 quid, spill the beans on hand. She wouldn't do it. Other celebs include, celebs now, Stan Collymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, ben Cohen and Joey Barton. My God, they've scraped the barrel for this one, haven't they? With the Royals firmly in the news, Coo could be the jewel in the crown. Then a source said, this will be some minor little um, sort of producer, says, Coo is a brilliant booking. Everybody loves the Royals. So what better than getting someone who actually dated one? I mean, but nobody knows who she is. The people who watch Big Brother won't have the faintest idea who Koo Stark is. You'll have to explain who she is, that she got her boobs out on Emily, a soft porn actress. And that was it. The career wasn't very uh, long living. Koo has drawn comparisons with Meghan Markle, as both were American and were in risque productions. It was soft porn. It wasn't risque at all. It was just boobies. Anyway, she was due to appear in the 2007 series, but was dropped at the last minute. I'm sorry, we're in the year 27, what, 10 years ago that we're going to put her in there. She doesn't need to go in there. She doesn't need to go in there. Uh, Rodney Marsh is another one for Strictly, apparently. Who? Who? Lord above. It does, it does worry you, doesn't it, when you sort of look at all these poor has-beens. I mean, what are they doing? Going around digging people up from old people's homes. Rodney Marsh. Lord above, honestly. Uh, finally able, says Camille, to return to work tomorrow after being off sick for six weeks after an, an asthma episode. So wish me luck. I don't, I've, I've never suffered from, uh, from asthma, actually. I seem to have every other illness under the sun, but never asthma. Perhaps that'll be, and also hay fever. I always thought that must be the worst thing to have, hay fever. You see people in the office here, I've seen a few people, they go, well, talk like that. You go, you're right, they go, hay fever. You think, I don't know how long it lasts, whatever it is, it must be blooming miserable. Absolutely blooming miserable. Len Goodman says, I might regret it, but I didn't want to end up as that grumpy old devil. I don't think Len Goodman could ever be grumpy. I thought he was sensational. Seriously, I thought he was absolutely sensational. And we found a driver here. Uh, this is, um, uh, what's her name? Eileen Ward. Uh, Eileen Ward's a bit stupid. She was, uh, she was stopped by the police for using a mobile phone. How many people in her car? Nine. She's that stupid. As well as two adults, she had six kids in the Toyota Corolla, five in the back seat and one in the boot. She said she was a traveller going to Ireland after a distress call from her daughter. What's that got to do with it? Stupid woman. Anyway, uh, she was fined 200 quid and given six penalty points. Good, good. Delighted to hear it. Doesn't get any better than that, does it? Stupid woman. Uh, what have we got here? A true star in their eyes. Singer Tony backs grieving TV double. Uh, this is somebody who impersonated uh, Tony Hadley. And uh, he's, uh, he's helped to comfort this fan who impersonated him on Stars in Their Eyes which I didn't think was still on the television. But um, he backed Ivan Mornington to win when he performed Through the Barricades on the hit TV show. And um, 17 years later, the star was still supporting him by unveiling a garden dedicated to his daughter, who died tragically at the age of five. That's nice, isn't it? I like things like that. We like Tony Hadley. Uh, Anne Diamond, in her column today, says, Stay calm for Guam. This is the, uh, the sort of the fact that uh, little short, fat, ugly bloke no, that's the American president. Uh, the other little short, fat, ugly bloke with the sticky-out ears and the stupid haircut. Perhaps they've all got haircuts like that, but all the rest of them seem to be quite normal. Uh, might or might not set off his uh, little rockets. And then bloke with funny hair in America, who laughingly is the president, but that's the way it goes, uh, voted for by whoever, uh, says he, it would be a big, big mistake. They're now 
trying to play it down. The only one who's not trying to play it down is Kim Jong-un. He's not playing anything down at all. He just keep, he's issued another statement. You know, they're, they're, they're getting ready to do it. And we'll all sit back and go, well, I think next week's programme could be very different. Seriously, I mean, it doesn't... They're both as mad as hens, as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, but dangerous. You know, it's that sort of... It's, I, I've got, you know, um, a rocket. I've got bigger rockets. We've got more rockets. We've got anti-aircraft rockets. We can bring your rockets down and we can blow them up and we can do all sorts of things. And then we're going to bomb your country and there won't be any of you left. And it'll just be all sort of left to go to fields and stuff like that. You know, little short fat man will be getting the burial he obviously uh, demanded. After his father died, there was like state funeral. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. They sort of had him in there and, uh, and he was sort of deified. And I suppose to many people in North Korea, this bloke is some kind of demigod, albeit a very stupid one. But uh, stay calm for Guam, I think would be the uh, the lesson. And also these stars who uh, left fame behind to make their living in everyday jobs. They've got all sorts of strange people on here. I'm not totally convinced that these people are stars. Uh, we've got one here called Sean Wilson. Now, you know Sean Wilson because I think he was married to somebody. Uh, in uh, It was Martin Platt. So I think he was married to Gail, wasn't he? Uh, 21 years he was in it. Now he's um, he's a cheesemaker. He left the soap in 2005 and he sells cheese. Tiffany, she uh, now runs a vintage shop called Tiffany's Boutique, just outside Nashville in Tennessee. Stephen Seagal, he spent uh, years in law enforcement training and um, he does sort of training issues and things like that now. Also, um, Little and Large. Well, Sid Little is a waiter in his wife's restaurant. He's 74 now. And uh, they used to talk, him and Eddie, and um, they, they, don't, they don't talk anymore. It's, you know, people, fall, people fall out. Mark uh, Feely, who's uh, the Westlife heartthrob, uh, he packed in fame to set up his own catering business. Now he serves crepes and drinks from a van at festivals. Good for him. Good for him. If you can do something like that and swallow your pride, it's fine. Lee McDonald, you remember, was Zamo. And he's, uh, he's got a shop in Surrey. He's a locksmith, and he looks roughly the same, even though now he must be... Uh, God, I don't know how old he must be now. He most certainly must be in his 40s. Adele Silver, she was in Emmerdale, and then she popped up all over the place. I don't remember Peter Ostrom, and you won't remember Peter Ostrom either, until I tell you the part that made him famous. He was uh, Charlie Bucket in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He's now unrecognisable, but he's in the dairy milk line with a golden ticket to dairy farms around rural New York State. But the one who is the most interesting is they put Daniela Westbrook down here, once the darling of the Queen Vic. She was never the darling of the Queen Vic. She was always a, a sad cokehead, I'm afraid. And now they say she's, uh, she's putting in shifts behind the bar at a pub in Tottenham. That's how she makes money doing that. And um, she's trying a hand as a DJ after coming fifth in last year's Celebrity Big Brother, so they weren't interested either. She's now had cosmetic surgery. But as I've pointed out before, you can have cosmetic surgery. All it does is changes the outside. Inside, you're still the same old sad person that you were before. They like to sort of share all their, their little lives and their ups and downs. So you watch, I think she's engaged. She's only known a bloke a few weeks and already she's engaged. So, fantastic. Another disaster that Daniela Westbrook lurches into. But uh, I think people have just about had their fill. Thank you very much indeed. And is the marriage on the rocks? Yes, Katie Price's marriage, we hear, could be over shortly, all because she's never quite forgiven him for cheating on her with two of her friends, who were obviously far more experienced in the bedroom department, and he obviously enjoyed... Well, he'd, he'd enjoyed the first one, 
And he obviously went, went for the second one. He was having the time of his life. And then, blow me down, Katie Price found out, and there's nothing like a scorned old ex-has-been. And that's exactly what she was, very scorned. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Sunday morning. John Stapleton with you for breakfast from 7.22 minutes past six. There isn't a motorway to Cornwall. The M5 ends at the start of Devon. Well, how far do you want to go? Goodness sake, at Exeter. Cornwall is the only county that has no motorway. The main roads to Cornwall are the A38 and the A30, says Martin, in a place called Worksop, which sounds like it's in the Midlands or something like that. I'm only guessing, actually. I have no idea, but I'm sure I've heard of Worksop somewhere in the dark recesses of your mind. So uh, over in the uh, the Big Brother house, Sarah, look at me, attention-seeking, nothing going on in her life at all, has now started flirting with a bloke called Chad. He's desperate to try and cling on to something. She'll cling on to just about anybody, as she's proven in her in her shallow career so far. She's also got a boyfriend, so she's cheating already. But there again, she'll do anything to try and get some career going. And this is the best of it. She doesn't realise she's being used by some bloke who was thrown out of an American programme. But there again, never let it spoil anything. Karthik uh, is saying that he stood up to Paul Dannon to stop others from racially bullying him. If only you were not so delusional. Uh, Delusional. That invented my own word, then. Uh, On, you know, on who you are. You are talentless. Absolutely talentless. You were talentless on The Apprentice. You were talentless on this. You just didn't contribute, didn't do anything at all. Boring. Not a celebrity at all. A failure. A bit like Sarah Harding, a failure, but they've got loads of pictures of her kissing. And then she goes running to the diary room again. Usual sort of thing. And she goes, oh, I'm screwed, I'm screwed. I wasn't sure what she was talking about there. But um, she says, it's like, I want you, I just don't know. I'm really confused right now. I, would, I wouldn't touch her with a barge pole, Chad, but you're not hearing this programme, so it doesn't really help. She's troubled. There's something the matter with her. She'll have a, she'll have a complete breakdown now. Now she thinks somebody really likes her. Whereas, in fact, you know, judging by uh, previous experiences, I would stay well away. Uh, also, Tricia uh, Paytas has threatened to expose the producers as fake... Um, and the truth of the matter is, of course it's fake. They're making a television programme. As I pointed out the other day, when dreary old Sarah Harding was sobbing her heart out, the producer comes on in the, in the diary and goes, Hello, Sarah. They've all got soporific voices. Hello, Sarah. How are you today? They say, Ooh, what do you mean how she is? Are you really stupid in there? Of course they are. Anyway, Trisha's now walked. This is the uh, slightly overweight stripper from America who's got millions of people who follow her. So she's obviously a huge talent. Well, she's certainly fat. And, uh, and she's there. Also, the Harry, uh, the Harry question. Did he pop the question under the stars of the African bush? For that, make up your own jokes. The answer is probably didn't. Probably didn't. But, of course, it, it, uh, why would it uh, spoil a, a good story? Harry loves Africa. The Zulu bead bracelets made it so special. Like, it's like really dull and really, really dreary. Who cares if old man, no chance of ever getting onto the throne, is going to propose to somebody who's been around the block and been married? I mean, it's not like she's not, um, she's not been around the block a few times. But they apparently say the US actress agreed to be his wife during a camping trip to the Botswana bush. I mean, do you seriously believe that old toffee? Who cares? Who cares? Not going not gonna to change anything, is it? And I can't find... I did have a lovely story a short while ago. Oh, I found it. Look at that, honestly. My lucky, my lucky. This is the people who take driving tests for other people. So hundreds of learner drivers uh, get imposters to take the test. The imposter pretends to be the other person. Figures from the DVLA show ten people a week attempt to scam their way 
to a full driving license. You can spot them driving on the streets. You can spot them. They just can't drive for toffee. Uh, 114 people last year suspected of fraud. Uh, There were also 414 cases where officials were suspicious of foul play. And uh, this year, uh, Regine Tezangi of Hackney was jailed for seven months after admitting taking the driving test for five people. She's a crook. That's all she is. She's a cheap... So, in other words, somebody will go, she'll pretend to be them, crook, and they go out on the roads with a licence, and they can't drive. That's how... That's why we sent her to prison. Should have been ten years. Uh, last year, four men were charging clients up to £2,500 to take the practical test. Do they, don't they check with these things now? Don't they... You know, when you go there, don't you have to sort of take some sort of proof? I mean, this this Regine Tezangi of Hackney, jailed for seven months, admitted taking the driving test for five people. God knows how many others there might be who sort of got through the uh, the net. And um, it's a shame, really, because allowing learners out there, people who haven't passed the driving test, to drive because she's cheated it, I hope you rot in prison. There could be accidents all over the place. They go, oh, they've got a licence. Yeah, but they didn't obtain it honestly because they didn't take the test. Uh, Rolf Harris, I'd forgotten he's out of prison. Uh, somebody branded him a dirty... Rude word at a DIY store visit, but uh, considering he's eighty-seven, he appears to be in remarkably good health. Seriously, and uh, he was visiting a shop in Maidenhead on a rare outing. He spent fifteen minutes in the store buying cable ties, roll plugs, and screws. But uh, a shopper who witnessed it says Rolf kept his head down and obviously didn't want to be recognised. Well, you think he'd put a hat on, wouldn't you, or something like that? But um, he was freed after serving almost three years. Because that's all we, we do now. We sort of we, we sort of come up with a um, a sort of a sentence. We go, oh, you go to prison for seven years. Actually, really, that means two and a half. So why don't we just say two and a half? Makes it easier. Beckenham Palace number two. Every day, a story about the Beckhams. Dreary, boring, attention-seeking. And uh, this is a, a house. Eight months after they bought it, still looks like a building site. And it's lovely. She's got uh, her wing. He appears to have his wing. And uh, so they've now got a place here. Uh, plus all the other places that they've got. They've got a place in Notting Hill. They've got a place over in America. They've got a place somewhere else. And, so, and you think, how many places can they live in? They must be wondering what to do with their money. Perhaps it's tax deductible. Hope so. Hope so. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Very good. Uh, also, uh, a robot, Jeremy Kyle, is coming to television in a show that uses artificial intelligence to resolve real-life dilemmas. Well, I tell you what, Jeremy Carr's very good on the Jeremy Carr show. Look at me, look at me, look at me, darling, look at me. I'm telling you now, listen, look at me. He doesn't know if he had sex with you and fathered your child. Who do you think the father is? OK, six, six different people it could be. OK, do they have a name for people like you? Yes, they do. Anyway, so he's very good at doing that because he's been doing it so long. Anything away from that is out of his comfort zone. So when he's been presenting on GMB, he is just completely flat. Completely flat. It'd be like sort of giving him, you know, Matthew Wright's show to do. It just wouldn't work because he's out of his comfort zone. It just doesn't uh, doesn't work. So the very idea of having a, a robot Jeremy Kyle is quite interesting, actually. I think so. Uh, plus... Uh, a jailbird bragging on Facebook that life behind bars is like a holiday camp. Vile Tristan Wilson shared selfies and a rap video from inside Doncaster prison. Apparently, it's easy peasy lemon squeezy. You just go in there, you have whatever drugs you want, you have your phone in there, you can make your phone calls out, FaceTime and all the rest of it. So prison really is. But there again, we've had a couple of cases this week, haven't we, of, um, of prison officers who've taken up with, with prisoners. One of them 
a woman was sexting this prisoner inside, a convicted killer, and she's sexting him. And you think, you should have been kicked out ages ago, darling. Isn't there no, no vetting system? Uh, and also Sarah Harding and Gemma Lucy, according to Gary Bushell, went on the uh, full Jeremy Kyle show mode. You two-faced little bitch, you effing this. It's so Seriously, it's unbelievable, really. A vile exchange from two revolting people. Because, let's face it, I wouldn't give house room to either of them. And Sarah Harding showing her true colours. Far from being, oh, poor little me. She's just a foul-mouthed nothing. Terrible. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7. I don't know what the weather forecast is going to be today. I'm, I'm trying to think it's going to be a nice day. My friend Duncan says, a robot Jeremy Kyle. How would we tell the difference? <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right, actually, Duncan. How would we tell the difference? It's the progr- It's the same old, same old. I have watched the Jeremy Kyle show over the years, and, and it is the same revolting people, people who scream and shout at each other, people who don't know who they've had sex with, and then they've got a child, and then we had a vile mother on the... They're just horrible people. There must be a subculture. There must be men, women, children, and then a subculture. You know, people who are so revolting, you wouldn't want to live next door to them, be anywhere near them. People who've got teeth missing, people who've got tattoos up the side of their face. Oh, it's just awful. They're just terrible people. And you don't know, really, why we bother giving them room on television. You know, they go, I'm here, why? Why are you here? I'm here for a lie detector test to find out if he's cheated on me. My God, darling, just look at yourself in the mirror. Of course he's cheated on you. Don't be so ridiculous. And they all sit there and then, then they get up and do the, do, the, do the queenie fit as they storm off the stage. We've had all sorts of it. It's the most bizarre show. It's a freak show. It's the freaky people in this in this country who want to be on the television. And then they go, um, oh, so they're, they're going to be on a celebrity programme, which they're not, actually. Uh, Kevin says there are lots of counties without a motorway, including here in the Isle of Wight. I think I've been to the Isle of Wight, actually. In fact, I'm pretty certain I've been to the Isle of Wight. Loads of... All right, don't make a big deal about it. Yeah, Norfolk as well. All right. Oh, God, trouble already, I tell you. We haven't even started the blooming two-week rundown. All right. Wales, Norfolk, all the rest of it. Tony and Epping uh, knew that. He's on the Epping borders. Better to be on the Epping borders, I think. My uh, my godchildren are on the, are on the Epping borders. <laughs> Poor souls. They, 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 they had two weeks in Mexico. I can't wait to find out how that went. I've never spoken to anybody who's been to, uh, to Mexico. Uh, also, Sam Reese. Who's Sam Reese? Oh, he appeared on first dates and he's had death threats. God, blimey, honestly. Was it all, I tell you, television has got so so bad nowadays, hasn't it? You turn on and there's sort of four in a bed where they're all threatening murder. Then you've got, um, what's the other one where they all go round and cook for each other and, and they turn... Is that come dine with me? Oh, my goodness me, where do they get these people from? They go there and they go, oh, right, so what do we have? Oh, I can't eat that. You think, well, what are you doing on a food programme? I mean, as it is, the people who earn the bed and breakfast are some right oddballs there. Do you remember the classic one? We had the two posh sort of girls who thought they were a bit aloof and yet couldn't spell. They couldn't spell the word drawer. Uh, as in, there was a hair in the drawer. They thought it was D-R-A-W. They were, th- they were so thick. They were so thick. I wish, I'm shouting at the television. D-R-A-W-E-R. But I thought, no, they can't hear me anyway, so there's no point, is there? Uh, also, the Diana documentary, Turning Opinion Against Charles and His Future Consort. The nation says no to Queen Camilla. I don't have a problem with Camilla. I, I know that seems fairly odd because I was a, a fan of Diana. I thought she was treated appallingly. But there again, I don't think they know that they treated her appallingly. That's just how they behave to people. 
That's just how they behave. It's like if you've been in, in royal employ for years and years, then you retire. That's the last they ever speak to you. They don't, they don't bother with you ever again. That's it. You've worked for them. Pff, why should they keep up with you? They don't. And uh, so we've had sort of Diana talking. Um, I thought Charles, he always fancied Camilla. That was fine. Perhaps if he'd married her in the first place. Perhaps if she got a divorce and then they got married, it would have saved all this, all this rubbish. Meghan would bring a breath of fresh air into the lives of the royals. Why would she? She's been married before. In fact, she was going out with somebody when Andrew spotted her. No, when Andrew spotted her. When, uh, when Harry spotted her. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise Yes, keep away from your, from your uncle Andrew. He's got a very odd taste. And, um, you know, slightly disturbing. Uh, also, what was the other one? Somebody was talking about, I think it was uh, pay. And I read this story in the paper. And I'll tell you who it was. It was, it was some... Oh, they're doing... Um, uh, Tara Palmer Tompkinson, celebrated by her friends. Poor Tara Palmer. I mean, it, it was a, a tragic life. It was, uh, it was, it was a life, you know, consumed by drugs and insecurity and and everything. And yet she was quite sweet, mad as a bar of fruit and nut. But she was still great fun for a lot of people. Uh, Nick Ferrari doing uh, news nights. That's in a lot of the uh, the papers for today. He'll be thrilled about that. Uh, and, of course, everybody's celebrating Elvis Presley. I watched a documentary about Elvis's, um, Elvis's favourite uh, songs and our favourite songs, and I suddenly realised he was really good, Elvis Presley. He was really good. People paid... You're going to have to pay to go to Graceland. You know, for the anniversary of his death, they're going to charge 21 quid, I think, for you to go to Graceland, because it's a, it's a tourist attraction. So I don't have a... I mean, I won't be going, but I know people who are big, big fans of uh, of uh, of Elvis Presley. I mean, I'm a fa- I, I buy the albums. I buy the albums because I'm a I'm a fan, and any sort of material that comes out, I think is is quite nice. I'm trying to find who this person was who was complaining. Oh, here we go. Strictly pay. Who who's the who's the moaning Mary of the morning? Yes, former James Jordan, who was on Strictly, has reignited the row over pro dancers' pay. Uh, last month it emerged the judges earn more than £150,000 each while Bruno Tonioli gets up to a quarter of a million. The dancers are thought to earn up to 80 grand. James Jordan, who, I mean, frankly, you must whistle in the wind now. He says, um, I think there is resentment, but will they speak up? No, because they're still on the show. Uh, He was dropped, of course, because due to lack of interest, I suspect. He said, we study our whole lives to be the best we can. What, you're complaining about 80,000 quid just for one series? What are you, mad or something? Always ungrateful, little James. Never mind. Apparently, in 2015, Tony Oli told the pros to F off and stop moaning. James speaking at the Farm Foods British Par 3 Championships. <laughs> what was he doing there? Were you helping, dear? Can't believe it. But uh, Holby City actor Joe McFadden is the sixth star confirmed. Anybody ever heard of him? No, me neither. Ever heard of him? Not a clue. And so they put people on there. It's going to be the only Strictly Come Dancing, isn't it, where we've never heard of the people on the programme. It's it's so bizarre. They sort of put somebody on there. They go, oh, she used to be in this or she used to be in that. And you go, yeah, well, well who are they? They go, we don't actually know, actually. We've got no idea who they are. We'll go, oh, lovely. Did I hear right? Learner drivers will be allowed on motorways. Yes, but only in dual controlled cars. So in other words, you'll have somebody going, don't move, don't brake. All of a sudden, and with a qualified instructor. And uh, I hope the powers that be have looked at this properly. A, a learner driver on the inside lane with a host of National Express coaches and Arctic uh, trunks behind them. A disaster waiting to happen. Yes, I mean, I, I, I see the same thing. 
It's frightening driving on a road normally. You can see the look of panic in their eyes. It's like they're caught in the headlights. And you go, come on, come on, you can do it, you can do it. Put your foot down, put your foot down. I remember my mother, and I only know this because I was with her at the time. My mother was not a fast driver. She had a little mini. And uh, we went on the motorway once with her. And she was well, She needed to see it was empty in both directions for about three miles before she ventured onto the motorway. And when we did get onto the motorway, we're pootling on, and a lorry came up right behind her. I don't know who was more scared, me or her. And she's, and I'm, Mum, you just need to go a little bit far. We're doing like 50 miles an hour. Mum, we need to go a bit faster. This lorry is bearing down on you. And, of course, lorry drivers on the motorways, they just want to get from here to there as quick as possible. I don't know if you ever saw... Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where they go out to get the Griswold family Christmas tree, and they come back and they manage to get themselves wedged underneath a lorry. A lorry which has got the long wheelbase, but there's a gap in the middle. And they're stuck there. That, that's like my mother. My, my mother would have been driving like that. It was really scary. And uh, it, it, it was better, really, that she didn't drive. Because you do see people now driving. And, uh, you know, I mean, should we take the test again? I think so. But at what age? I don't know. And I, I quite like the idea that people are taught to drive on a motorway, but I just don't... Th- I think in this country it's a bit blooming dangerous. Seriously, I mean, it's, it, it really is. Provided they actually stay in that inside lane and then they go in here. But what happens if a big lorry or a National Express coach comes up right behind you and you're pootling along at 45, 50 miles an hour? What do they do, get you off the... Mo- I don't know. I mean, I have been on motorways and I'm actually... Uh, I think I'm quite a good driver. I don't think I'm a bad driver at all. I don't have any, uh, any points... And uh, I haven't had any accidents or anything like that. So I, th- I think I'm actually quite good. I've seen loads, but um, I've never been involved. And the reason that you see loads of accidents is because of the bad driving, the tailgating. The tailgating on the motorways is phenomenally bad. I mean, I, my car's fast. I mean, it really is fast. It's naught to 60 in about three seconds. You put, put your foot down and, uh, and it's a chain that, and it, <laughs> it takes off. One point, fastest car in the country. There are other cars now which are, which are faster but uh, I'm, 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 I don't worry about that. I poof, It's like being overtaken at traffic lights. You can see people revving up at traffic lights next to me, and I just sit there and think, you want to waste petrol? Waste petrol. I'm not going to waste it. Uh, so what else do we have today? Oh, the um, uh, Mel B and the court battle, which is, which is in quite a few of the papers. The story that uh, is, well, they think you're all going to be talking about is this girl talking about her, her kidnap and everything else. My true story. It, I think you have to read it and make up your own mind. I think there are sort of holes all over the place. I just can't work out why somebody would be picked from here. And nobody, a complete nobody, they pick an agency to send a girl over to Italy. I don't quite understand it. And she's been out shopping with them. But there's a syndrome for that. It might be that sort of inverted thing. You go out with somebody, but you wouldn't run away from them. Seems a bit odd, doesn't it? I thought, actually, you go shopping for shoes, you go back in a minute and then just disappear. Just disappear. Why? Why not? You know, you can ask all these questions. You can read the story. You can think she's an attention seeker. Somebody says, listen, the, the truth will probably come out. We need to hear the other bloke. We want to hear the bloke in this and his story about, oh, there were people. And they paid him £500,000. For what? For what? You can drive trucks through some of this, can't you? And you probably will. Anthea Turner's former husband, Grant Bovey. That's the disaster that is Grant Bovey. Uh, apparently he knocked 10 years off his uh, off his uh, age so he could go on to a dating site. A bit tragic, really, isn't it? <laughs> Poor soul, honestly. I feel a bit sorry for him. Uh, also, the... Um, oh, yes, the, um, the shopping abroad now. Why do people shop abroad? I mean, like, to be honest with you, if I was going to go abroad, I'd probably go now to Vegas 
uh, but only to go shopping in Tommy Bahamas to buy loads of shirts and then bring them all the way back again. That's all I do. I can't. I'm, I'm not particularly bothered about the gambling side of it. I like the shows and I like the hotels and stuff like that. But unfortunately, Vegas has gone a bit downhill. I hear this from a number of people who've been there and have said it's it's attracting all the uh, all the old chavs who go over there and sort of consume copious amounts of. But there is one place where you can only get into the inner sanctum if you're drinking magnums of champagne. So all these sad people buy magnums of champagne to get in there, and there's all the girls in their bikinis who sort of mainly come from Benfleet and places like that, and they sort of all turn up, and it's, all, it's just all a bit naff. You know, Vegas used to be so much better, so much better. It's, I think it's gone off the boil. I think the amount of people I've spoken to, you know, provided you stay away from the cheaper end of the hotels, you should be OK. Different from when Neil and I went there. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Sunday morning, Sunday morning. What did we say the weather was? 13 degrees today. It's not the most brilliant, is it? Not the most brilliant. Uh, I did, yeah, it might warm up later. I shall, I shall undo an extra button on the shirt just to really sort of push the boat out of it. I did promise to tell you about a new museum I'd never heard of, actually. It's the Heath Robinson Museum. And uh, you probably don't know enough about Heath Robinson. He was the, uh, uh, the landscape painter, the illustrator, the cartoonist, social commentator. And over in Pinner... Uh, they have a Heath Robinson museum. It was unbelievable. I don't, well, how can I not know about these things? This was the man who trained at the Royal Academy. He lived in Pinner from 1908 until 18. So he was there for 10 years. Uh, he started as a landscape painter. He was an accomplished illustrator of children's and adults' books, Shakespeare plays and Kipling poems. And so in the 1930s, he became known as the Gadget King for his pictures of highly complex machines delivering the simplest outcomes. And so this museum, you can find it on the internet, because it's, uh, I think, wait a minute, I'm now trying to find out the uh, the thing. But they have uh, school visits and everything else. They've got a little car park uh, in Chapel Lane, three minutes walk through the park. And the museum's open Thursday through Sunday in Pinner. Pinner Memorial Park, West End Lane, West End Lane, Pinner. It's nice, isn't it? I like the idea that we sort of... And they're funded by the lottery, so it gets the seal of approval. They've got a, an exhibition at the moment called Rejuvenated Junk. And uh, I think you'll love it. It's all sorts of things made by, you know, rejuvenating things. I feel like I'm sometimes rejuvenated. They keep saying to me, you must come over, Steve. You must come over. It's Pinner. I know Pinner quite well. My uh, my Auntie Grace used to live in, uh, in Pinner. And uh, as I say, I used to go there quite a lot. Quite a lot. OK, we'll do the front pages... Of the papers, just to uh, to round off the programme for this morning. I didn't know that Ross Kemper's has been axed by Sky. They've decided they want to do other things, and so he's hoping to uh, sell programmes to other makers. It's so difficult nowadays. There's so many different channels to get programmes onto nowadays. You're fighting against an avalanche of, of cheapy programmes. The one I'm currently enjoying, and I can't even tell you what channel it's on, is the one about the Isle of Skye. And it's 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 really amazing. It's I'm, seriously, I'm I'm quite fascinated. I don't want to live there. I don't even want to go there. I just I just like watching it from afar because it looks like the very basics. Uh, the Mail today, they're doing uh, kidnapped model. My true story didn't take long to flog it, did it? She's only been back a few weeks, and already she's flogged this story. Drugged, terrorised, auctioned as a sex slave, but she wasn't. Astonishing first account. Oh dear, not the first account. I mean, there could be more. Uh, Teresa's meal culper. PM to apologise at Tory conference in a desperate bid to save jobs as rivals circle. Uh, also, the book revealing the explosive truth about Diana and Dodie by Fayad's right-hand man is pulled after the tycoon's legal threat. Gagged 
is the headline. Um, also, Britain's most PC PC faces ridicule for war on sexist shop signs. Oh, I love these sort of stories. I never understand them. But this is uh, the police force. Uh, facing ridicule last night after a high-profile hate crime officer warned high street stores that feminine care signs on women's sanitary products breached gender equality rules. Sergeant Peter Allen, no relation, thank you, was branded meddlesome and over-officious in an angry backlash after telling Tesco and Sainsbury's that men might want to use the sanitary products and suggested the sites and signs were discriminatory. Sussex police are now going to face a deluge of condemnation. He's tweeted all sorts of uh, pictures here. He says, I've spoken to uh, staff about the sign, feminine care, especially as they sell products from... Oh, God, he's going to turn out to be another one of those balmy ones, isn't he, really? And um, Tesco said, everybody is welcome at Tesco. We regularly review the signs. Well, if something says feminine hygiene, what have you got to do with him? Are you feminine? No. Well, mind your own business. Honestly, poor old Sussex police. You've got somebody like him there. It's embarrassing, isn't it? Two paces forward, ten step backwards. Uh, the Sun, wife's threat to boxer. Amir Khan, they're about to blow the lid off your uh, your funny little existence. Perhaps, he could, perhaps she can have a go at the family as well. If you remember, the family attacked her like there was no tomorrow. She wasn't Muslim enough for their son. That's the cheating son, by the way, who exhibits himself on the internet. Not so good, is it? I can't tell you about the celebrity who was held at 11.30 in the morning on suspicion of drink driving. Uh, the Sunday Mirror, uh, Mel B caught battle bombshell. Apparently it's, uh, it's tacky and it's descended into a farce. It's a case of this is where people who you think, oh, they say, oh, mind you, I never trusted Mel B in the first place. She was always the foul-mouthed one. I'll tell you what you want, what you really, really want. It's a threesome. And uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, I mean, that'd be the last thing you'd be wanting to do, wouldn't it? I mean, I'm only speaking for myself because I'm way past that kind of thing now. Ceases to have any effect at all. So, you know, you're sort of halfway through maybe love making. That's what they call it nowadays, laughing. Unless you're on Love Island, in which case it's the first couple to bonk, which is a bit sad. But uh, And then somebody produces a camera and starts filming you. I don't think so. That's like you see people on the front pages of the Sunday papers. I was handcuffed to the bed. What? What? How'd you get yourself into these situations? Not good, is it? Uh, front page of the People today, Meghan's royal seal of approval. Harry's girl will fit right in, says who? Mike Tyndall. Why, you'd ever ask him anything, I can't imagine. What do you know, dear? Were you in Botswana? No, of course not. Emmerdale's lair. Cancer drugs failed, but she's still fighting on, so good for her. Good for her. Also, Love Sunday. This is uh, Fiona Wade. Boyfriends expect me to be sexy like Priya. I don't even know who you are, dear. I'm ever so sorry. Who are you? Oh, she's an Emmerdale actress. She's 39 and single, but hoping for a baby. I don't know if... This, you can never tell now whether this is in real life or whether it's in... and on the uh, the television. It might be, actually. It might be. Daily Star today. Pals claim Prince and Meghan are engaged. What, because they went to Botswana together? Jiggy made her pay her half. Uh, I've got the bill in for this. Me. Um, do, you, do you want to go halves with me? Do you have a credit card? I mean, to be honest with you, this poor girl seems to fly about all over the world. At his, his, his big... You wait till she's stuck in Kensington Palace. I'm sorry, I'm just going out shopping. Not without the bodyguards, you're not, dear. She won't be allowed to just go out and start shopping. And she'll have to walk behind him. That's how it works in the royal family. And do you think she'll ever get to meet the Queen? Probably highly unlikely, ladies and gentlemen. Highly unlikely. But if they've got engaged, whoopee-doo. But, you know, does it really make it? It's not going to change anything, is it? Sunday Express Nation says no to Queen Camilla. I don't know. I mean, I, perhaps we should have done that. Uh, or no, I should have actually done a, 
sort of a, a testing, actually, to see whether or not people are fans of her. I quite like her. I think she looked lovely on the wedding day. I just wish that Charles wasn't the, the sort of the prig which he comes over as. You know, poor old Diana, she didn't really stand much of a chance. She was only young, she was naive, she didn't know the way that the royal family operate. They operate in a, in a completely different way to any other family. That's, that's why. Uh, also, uh, da, 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 da. oh yes, Mo fights back the tears. He only came second, and perhaps he's not as good as all that. I could have raced him. I probably could have beaten him, actually. Massive leap in self-harm by children. And uh, the other one was... Oh, I mentioned uh, Tara Palmer Tomkinson and um, the fact they're going to celebrate her life. Apparently, Cleo Rockus says she's still reeling from the tragedy. Such a drama queen, Cleo Rockus. She really is, honestly. She'll leap onto any old bandwagon. And so she's leapt onto this one. But Cleo is going to appear in a Channel 5 series later this month, which sees her, because nobody will know who she is. You will not know who she is. She's just sort of a busty... She was an ex-person who worked with, uh, with Kenny Everett... Cleo Rockus, and uh, she's she's in this Channel Five series, in which sees her, it sees her travel around Wales in a motorhome with five other celebrities, including Leslie Joseph. And that's it. That sounds a bit dull, doesn't it? Going around Wales in a, how long does that get to take? It's not going to take very long, is it? Here we are in Wales, and here we are leaving. And that'll be it. It'll be a, a short thing. Rude doctors order to be more polite. I've never heard of rude doctors. All my doctors and my consultants and there seemed to be an ever-increasing army, turned out to be absolutely brilliant. Once we sorted out all the little uh, the eye problems, only one in ten toddlers see the dentist, because they're probably terrified. Most toddlers are terrified, surprisingly, of the hairdresser. The amount of kids I've seen sitting... And they scream. God, dear, it's absolutely terrible, terrible. Uh, also, anger as rail firm cashes in on delays. And uh, the seagull, now arriving at platform three... Leave a £14 million bill because uh, they dive bomb the glass roof with rocks. They're quite mad, seagulls, aren't they? We've got loads round here, loads and loads. Elvis fans, you've got to pay. Simple as that. It's going to be about 21 quid to, uh, to go and see his grave. 40th anniversary of his death. He died 1977. And I've met Priscilla Presley. That's my claim to fame. Well, failing that, she's met Steve Allen which I think is good. Listen, sadly, that's it. Thank you so much for your company. Uh, I'm back this evening with In Conversation. Really good. Nine o'clock tonight. Don't miss it. And you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download that free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. Leading Britain's, conversen- say- <laughs> Britain's Conversation at 10. It's Andrew Castle. Follow me on Twitter at Steve Allen Show. But right now, in for Andrew Castle, it's John Stapleton. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.